0: Welcome to the DFS pregame Game Show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, AKA Blender at Blender HD. If You wanna follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we'll take a look at uh, yesterday's slate a little bit, go through Results TV, uh maybe look at today's slate, maybe a little, whatever. We'll, we do whatever on this show. It's, it's all guided by you by the YouTube chat, discussing DFS strategy, so, some math lessons, right? Some Excel stuff, right? So uh, if you're here, hit the hit the thumbs up button. I see you guys in the YouTube chat. Edward Brown, Sterling Woods, Real Life Picture, Suki Singh Joe Mack, Card Fang, Hog Lawrence, Anthony Golding, Jerome Lewis, Daniel Hutchings, Eric Hipbold, Shane Newman, the creature from the Glash Lagoon. Who the hell's that? There's a creature here. We got a creature from the Glash. What the hell's the Glash Lagoon? Is that some is that a is that a literary reference? What's the let's look that up. What's the Glash Glash Lagoon. Glash Lagoon. It says Splash Lagoon. That's a, that's an indoor water park uh, somewhere in uh, somewhere in Erie, Pennsylvania. The Glash Lagoon? No, there's no such thing as the Glash Search and said for the Glash Lagoon. Okay, is there anything? No. Unless it's this guy. Brendan Glashine. I guess that's who it is. I guess that we found out. We found out. Two clicks. We found out who exactly who that is. Okay. The Glash. The Glash Lagoon. Okay. Whatever. Uh, I see. Uh, Sterling Woods. You watch, uh, listen to the. And we watched. The latest theory of DFS podcast. If You want to check that out. It's it's available on iTunes. It's free. It's free. It's I do it every week. And I had a, a Ed Miller on as a guest yesterday. He's a. He's a. Poker author and uh, wrote some works on on DFS and now he's into sports betting. He has a great book, The Logic of Sports Betting. So if you want, if you want to learn more about like the skill gap differences in DFS, which we do talk about on this show, but uh, if you're if you're interested in sports betting, how how the actual ecosystem of sports betting works, right? Because ninety nine percent of the time, the content that's out there doesn't. it's it, We talk a lot about the the parallels between DFS and sports betting, that DFS, 95% of the public, you know, 95% of people are playing like one game and the 5% that are good are playing a completely different game, right? And that's what we talk about a lot on the show, right? The game theory, the game of DFS, not the, I know more about sports than you side of DFS, which is what 95% of people think it is. Sports betting is a very similar way. 95% 95% of people that bet on sports are playing one game and the professional sports bettors that make their money are playing a completely different game. So check that out. It's on iTunes, on wherever you get your podcast, right? If you have a podcast app or wherever. Uh, and then you could also pick up his book. You could see, I, I, I purchased it on May 20th, barrel pretty much when it came out. So it's, it's like, what, it's 10 bucks. It's 10 bucks on the Kindle. But if you, if you bet on sports, this is, this is the, read this book. Like that, that's, that's, that's like the theory of poker for, for sports betting. The theory of DFS for sports betting. So I just want to plug that a little bit, obviously, by the course, if you want. Oh, let's see. Going through the YouTube chat a little bit. Right. Okay. The Glass Lagoon person. I, I, found, I found out who he was. Ray says, hi, Jordan. Just want to say you're the man. I appreciate your content every day. I came in sixth place last night in the 200K relay throw. Put seven entries in and didn't use the optimizer. I never do. The relay throw, are we looking at, this is what this is. Can we find you? Sixth place. RC 30, yeah, here you go. Seven entries, right? RC 3485. I did not play yesterday. Okay. So just a, a, a disclaimer. So the nuances of yesterday's slate. I don't know that much about. Um, I took the night off. I'm, I'm scaling back my, my MLB play. Once the NFL starts up, then we have uh, Champions League soccer. And it's like, uh, I, some, something's got to give. I'm not cutting out MMA. Right. So that's, that's only one day a week. But uh, I'll cut out some baseball. But take a look at this lineup. Okay, Bueller and Snell. Like pitching yesterday, we got, like, pretty much it was Snell. And then like a bunch of people that scored that no one owned. Right. If you take a look at the, the the ownership here for like the pitching, like the most was like Giolito and he dudded. It was Snell. Like Woodruff, I guess, was owned. Yeah, 20%. But then a lot of like a lot of McCullers didn't get there. Ryu really didn't get there. Gombert, horrible. Gallon, nothing. But then you go down here, it's like, oh, please act. Like mm, I'm barely on barely owned. Keegan Aiken, 20 points. Kikuchi, 19. Like no one, no one owned them, right? Like, as long as you got like 15 points out of both your pit, you know, as long as you had Snell plus any pitcher that had like at least 15 points, you probably, probably were still okay because these pitchers were barely owned. We go back to here. We go back to, we go back to Ray's lineup. We got a, we got a national stack, 5 2 1, national stack. Grandel's home run, right? Ahmed Rosario had a big game, right? So he had Rosario and Straw. I guess you needed Rosario, forty-three points. Wow. I guess you needed him, right? The, I'm assuming the winning one. No, the winning lineup doesn't even have him. Wow. Well, McCutcheon had a game. Chapman had a game. I guess the Philly. I guess the Philly stack. Right, this is a five-three Philly Oakland that won the the relay throw. Here's a nerdy tenor. Philly stack with with Ahmed Rosario. So there you go. About four points behind first place. But this was this was more of this was a four this was a four two four two one one, with Yarborough as the second pitcher, and this top pitcher was Lyles, and Lyles obviously had more points over here than Rays lineup was the Nationals, who didn't really didn't didn't really get I mean they got there because he got double digit points out of Bell and Garcia and Kai Boom, he just didn't get enough out of Soto. You would have liked to get more out of Bueller. I mean, 187 is. I mean, you're, you're you're 20 points behind, but still, I mean, I mean, look at this payout structure. I mean, this is just dumb. Like, that's what I said. I, why do you, this is why I scale back my play for MLB. Like I'll be playing tonight, but I think I'm, I'm just playing like six lineups. and They're all in small field stuff. Like I'll play the 121. I'll play the 250. I'll play like three lineups into the 88, like something like that. But the, the these relay throw these the, the main GPPs. $15 entries, and look at, look at this. 50, 20, 10, 5, 2, 1. Steak knives. Like you're down to steak knives even even before you get to 10th place. The dis- disparity difference between 6th and 1st is ridiculous. So I'm just not going to devote... I'm not going to devote, devote money to it. I'd rather, pl- I'd rather play Thursday NFL Showdown than, than play... Classic slate MLB contest like this. Especially in September. But congrats. Congrats on the 1,000. You only played seven entries. So that's a, they're 105 bucks into a 1,000. Even though you beat 15,680 80, 80 players. 80 entries. If this was better. If this payout structure was better. If it was 30, 20, 10, 8, Six, four. Like if it was four thousand there. Okay, that now okay. Okay, that would be fine. Four and then three and then two and then one, then fifteen and then one, or something you know, flatter, something like that. That's what I would like. But congrats anyway. Ray says, I look at the slate each day and do five, three stacks, and it seems to be working. So thank you again, my friend. Right. Like I said yesterday, I was trying to answer someone's question yesterday about they you were know, on FanDuel with the 4-4 versus the 4-3. It's like it really, it all depends on the lineup. The reason why you hear people say, no, you should play 4-4s or 4-3-1s, and on DraftKings play 5X or 5-3 is that there are more plus EV lineups out of those uh, construction types. Doesn't mean all of them are, and it doesn't mean that there aren't plus EV lineups that aren't five-man stats that aren't four three ones that are that there are two 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 whatever's there are but there's just less of them so if you're not if you're if you're by default you said i don't want to think about it i, I want to be directionally accurate directionally profitable if i just limited like like ray what ray's doing so i'm just going to play five three stacks every day And not worry about it. Yes, yeah, I'm giving up the potential of having 5-2-1s and 5-1-1s and 4-3-1s that could be more profitable than some of the lineups that I'm playing. Especially if you're playing seven lineups or something. Just don't have to think about it. Just like, I'm just going 5-3 and that's just the way it is. It's more likely that you're going to hit on plus EV lineups with that construction than try to do like, I'm going to find the the few plus EV 2 2 2 one one types of lineups. That's the only thing. That's there are five, three lineups that are bad. There are five, three lineups that you'd, you'd rather have the, the one off and do 4-3-1. Get the 2% off, you know, if, you know, Bryce Harper type of player, Juan Soto type of player, Otani if he's barely owned, and do that Then, like leave a thousand on the table and just have all your correlation intact. Like there aren't there are plenty of them. that those lineups probably are better. But the lineup that you made is still fine, it's still plus EV. It's more like it's more of a default type of thing. Very similar in 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 showdowns or something. It's like, well, if I play if I play the wide receiver in the in the captain spot, I always play the quarterback. And it's like, yeah, there are more plus EV lines like that. They also get duplicated, but if you're not considering duplication, they're just more. There are more uh, three three, like in showdown. Like there, there, there are. I would say actually, there's more five ones that are plus EV than there are three threes. But it really, it all depends on the pricing. It all depends on the slate. It's because only because so many more people build four twos and three threes and two fours. Whatever, whichever way you want to go. Like if you do onslaughts in 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 showdown, they're less duplicated and they typically show a higher return. Regardless if you're if you're if you're a uh, onslaughting the underdog. Okay, let's see. Can I review the two dollars milli? I, I could. I don't know if it's updated. Before the show, it was not updated. This was up, like the relay throw was updated. That's why I bring it up. Like I'll bring it back up. Let's see. It's a whole automated whatever process behind the scenes or something. Typically, it's re- Typically all this is ready for me before the show, but sometimes it isn't. Okay, now it's updated. Okay, now we got it. Before it, uh, Blake Snell only had one point, like it wasn't it wasn't up. okay. Now we got, got the whistles goes woo wins uh, his second milli with uh, Yankees Yankees Phillies one two three four 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 with Snell and Bueller. All right, you don't need like this contest is much smaller eleven twenty one. You don't you don't need the nuts. You don't need you know compared to. This level of contest, you don't need it. Right. So, what I, I want to do is compare the ownership of both. So, I use this screen in lineup HQ ownership data. Okay. So, I'm going to go to mega millionaire and the relay throw. Relay throw. The 200, the big one. Just to see, you know, you're going to see more cond- condensed ownership. So here's George Springer, Dud, Luis Robert, Dud. Not as condensed as I thought it would be. Just go by the ownership by this, sort by this. So still pitching-wise, you know, Gio was even more owned than the Mega Millionaire. Killed more lineups. Blake Snell, higher owned. Buxton, almost 30% of lineups with a three. George Springer, 23% of lineups with a zero. Rizzo was chalky. Okay. A lot of the chalk didn't get there. I mean, look. I mean, look at all this. We take a look at, I mean, other than Rizzo, I mean, this lineup is. Fairly, fairly contrarian bat-wise, but you're still playing the ch- one of the two chalkiest pitchers on the slate with Snell. Here's Kyle Dvorak, who's been, who's been on the Theory of DFS podcast. Cleveland, Here's the Cleveland stack. Right, there's the Ahmed Rosario, the two per, 2% owned. See, Whistles doesn't have Ahmed Rosario here. So here's the Ahmed Rosario, but didn't get him all the way there. Uticao, see, same thing, Philly stack. Philly's got there because of Marshawn, Segura, Galveston matter, Harper, McCutcheon, and then the Springer one-off. Nope, that killed Yuta. Anyone else there, he could have possibly won. Hoop, Philly stack, Giolito, he was the highest Giolito. No, no, Yutakao had Giolito and Snell. 33 lineups. So, I mean, like, I, I like looking at the ones that like people like, like we have Tambo, not here, any, not here at RG anymore, but whatever. Like looking at this. Like these are the types of lineups that I want to see. Billy Washington, fading Snell. So this is a non-Snell lineup. Had he played Snell over Giolito, uh, he would have won. He would leave money on the table, I think, if he did that or something. That was a key. You needed Snell. But here's another Whistles lineup. Giolito, Snell, Cubs, still Phillies. So Phillies five man, two Cubs, and George Springer one-off. That didn't do anything. Squirrel patrol. We had 20 lineups in here. Bueller Giolito, so you're dead from the start because you don't have Snell. Still Philly you got the Philly stack. But I mean, if you had Ahmed Rosario in your shortstop spot, you were, you were doing, you were doing well. But not many people play played, played cleanly. And the winning lineup is Philadelphia. I mean, you would expect Philadelphia plus something, plus Snell plus something. Beep on I mean, Jeep was playing. Was a Philly stack. Sal Perez, a catcher. Got Charlie Morton, got good at good the pitchers, but just not enough. Brick's best lineup. He was playing 12 lineups. Yankee stack to Philadelphia. Joey Gallo, New York. Snell Woodruff. Okay. 1,700 salary remaining. Still playing Jorge Bonifacio. Really didn't do anything. Five points. Is there something to learn from this? I don't know. If you're not playing this level of contest, I don't think it's going to do that much for you. To me, it shows the value of not going with the chalk. Especially in a slightly smaller fields. I mean, this is not a small, small field, but it's small enough. Like I didn't play yesterday, so I couldn't tell you what I would have done in this. But most likely, looking at the ownership, I would have faded one of Gio or Snell. Like that, that would have been a given. Like I most likely, if I would have played one lineup into this, which I didn't, I wouldn't have played Gio and Snell together. I would have played one of the two. Which one? I don't know. Probably would have not played twins. Probably would have not played uh, Blue Jays. maybe not even the Yankees. so maybe i do get to the phillies i don't know maybe maybe i would have gotten to the phillies so i would just look at the highest owned and just go yeah i can understand playing one of the two highest owned pitches but not both of them i know byron buxton was underpriced because he's coming back from an injury am i going to play him with that ownership and then do i play the twin stack because then then the twins become overowned because of that And same thing for the the blue jays so you go i think the twins and the blue jays are overowned. The Yankees may, may be over. Maybe. I don't know. Then you look and you go, maybe, maybe I get to the Rays. Get to the Rays. Get to the the Nationals. Maybe end up getting to the Phillies. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't play yesterday. But I know I, if I had one lineup that, this, that I would have just Xed out Buxton, X'd out Springer, and X'd out one of these two pitchers. Just go, hey, I just want I just want the truck to fail. The pieces of truck that I don't have, I want it to be dead. And then try to win a lower scoring slot. I mean, but that's how I play smaller field, higher stakes types of contests to begin with. And when the truck hits, then I lose. Oh, well, tomorrow's another day. Ozzy says, I yeah, I went Snell and Woodruff was debating Giolito or Woodruff all night until luck. I don't know why. Why were you debating that at all? Don't the differences between the two are so marginal. That's one thing that you shouldn't be doing. The closer the decision is, the less time you should be spending okay that seems counterproductive to a lot of people time is better spent on the decisions that matter more than the decisions that don't okay so i'm assuming yesterday the projection difference between snell and woodruff or giolito and any of those top pitchers was marginal okay and probably the ownership difference was marginal also. like that, oh, yeah, Snell may be high, higher projected, but he's twice as owned as Woodruff. you know, like like it becomes to the point of like they're both fine. Like they're very close. that's, a le- that's the least important decision that you have to make, because it's so close. People then that what they do is they,, oh, let me drill down and they try to find, they use confirmation bias to find some little thing that is already accounted for in the projection that puts one person over the top and you spend 20 minutes on that. you spend 30 minutes on that. You should be spending 30 minutes on roster construction and game theory and anything else other than that, than choosing between two players that are virtually the same. That's the play whoever you want. They're just like you get, At that point, just flip a coin. So like debating between players is just, to me, is a waste of time. You'd you'd be better off spending that time doing something else. I'm more likely to run through lineups in lineup HQ than debate the differences between one or two players. I can look at I can look at two lineups. Like, oh, I, I'm putting in the uh, entry in the 250 and I'm on debating. I'm looking. I'm like, okay, I can put one of these three lineups in. Unless I have some compelling reason to want one lineup over the other. I make that choice extremely quickly. Extremely quickly. Why? Because what's the what's if I if I think all three are about equal to each other, then what 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 am I spending time with? I use a random number generator at that point. Just put in the go to random.org, put in the 1 to 3 and then whatever comes up. But you need to, the process of getting it down to only having to choose between three lineups, that's what you are spending your time on. Once you get it down to that point, you're like, oh, all three are about equal. All two two are about equal, then just flip a coin. Really doesn't matter. You think it does, but it doesn't. If it's truly that margin. Okay. Going through... Whistle's got another million. It is not. I, I don't know what much, much to learn from the from the mega millionaire that is any that much different from the the, the relay throw. A bunch of people put in $2,500 entries. Some people put in $82,500 worth of entries. And they made some money. There you go. Some people lost a giant squid. I think they didn't cash a single entry out of 33. What did he play? giant squid. It's not even there. I guess this is, is this technically him? No, I don't think they're, it's going to show. No, I broke, I just broke it. I broke, I broke results too big. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think I broke it. How the hell did I break it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't catch any lineup, so I can't, I can't even see his exposures. All right. I can't even see Oh well. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Savon Dalrymple, can we talk the early slide? Sure. What do you have? What, what questions do you have on the early slide? Joe Clary, when DraftKings sets player pricing, are they trying to set them all correct? Are they purposely make mistakes for us to find? A little bit of both, from what I believe. I don't know the actual answer. In a perfect world, they want to have perfect salaries, and then it turned, basically turns into a lottery at that point. If all the salaries were efficient, then there'd really be no edge. They'd be edging roster construction, I guess. There wouldn't be any, any as long as you spend all fifty thousand of your salary. You'd be your lineup would be just as good as any other lineup. So they do have to make some inefficiencies just uh, just so people feel like it's a game. But I don't do I, Do they do it on purpose? I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's not, I mean, you could tell it with the Buxton stuff. It's just to me, it's negligence. There's a difference between we're going to make pricing a little bit softer and just like not raising the price of a player that was injured for two months and then he should be five thousand and he's thirty five hundred. I don't think that's done on purpose. I think that's just done out of I don't know, laziness, not paying attention enough. I don't know. we already have it on, on the late slate on the, the normal the main slate Phillies Nationals game is postponed so you don't have to worry about playing NOLA as far as what else is going on in that slate I have no idea Cole Scherzer we got some high end pitching Sale is Sale going to pitch more than 80 pitches though we don't know maybe his own, maybe his ownership comes down and lower because people are scared of that or the pitch count maybe they're rightfully scared of the pitch count but I mean, he may be lower owned than he was last week maybe I don't know. The early slate, I mean, it's a three-game slate. What's going to happen on the early slate? I mean, I could just look at it right here. I'm assuming the chalk is going to be the Padres and Darvish. I mean, they have the highest team total against Luke Weaver. Which makes the, I mean, which makes Diamondbacks probably attractive. The Diamondbacks attractive cardinals reds game is this only a seven inning game the cardinals reds game seems like a very low total especially in cincinnati i have no idea but just like any short slate on any three-game slate if you're playing large field gpps you're playing gpps in general just be contrary that's it who's going to be the highest on pitcher play bats against them (laughs) right People are going to pay up and go like, okay. I guess this is, a, is this is a showdown. Why are we getting showdown prices? I'm not playing eleven seven from Mustaka's on a classic slate. Is that the early? Is it a two game? What what is the early slate? Is the early slate three games and it's not this game, the Reds Cardinals game? Are we are we getting the Astros Mariners game as part of the early slate? I have no idea. I know it's a three game slate. That's all I know. To me, it's not that interesting to talk about three-game slates, especially because we're not even talking about who's the best. You're playing you're playing purposely contrary for the sake of trying to win a GPP. So if Darvish is going to be 70% owned, Christian Walker, Pavin Smith, Kettle Martin, maybe not Marte's 5K, some of these bats look really good. And just hope Darvish dies. And if Darvish has a bad game, you you win. That's it. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to win. Seventy percent of the lineups are dead, and you have the you have the batters that are negatively correlated to that. So that's perfect. Okay, so the, the chat is telling me that the St. Louis Cincinnati game is not included. Okay, that the Houston Seattle game. I'm assuming Gilbert Gilbert maybe well maybe against the Astros. Odorizzi against the Mariners. Maybe that's the chunk. odorizzi Darvish. That what's gonna happen? And let's take a look at the projections for the early slate. Which I'm not playing. <laughs> okay, let's take a look at the pitcher projections for the right three games. Darvish clearly. Yeah, yeah, that's what exactly. Darvish Odorizzi. Maybe play Freeland against the Rangers. No one likes playing Kyle Freeland. Right, so that's the chalk, right? Darvish, Odorizzi. We go to the, the header projections. We got San... Yes, it's going to be San Diego. Obviously. I mean, that obviously makes sense. Texas are still really cheap, but I don't know how old Freeland's going to be. I'm more likely to play Seattle. Play Seattle against Odorizzi. Who's facing, who's pitching against uh, San Diego? Luke Weaver, 8,900. Is he going to pitch long enough to? That's how what I would be thinking. You fade Darvish, you play Arizona Bats. You fade Odorizzi, you play Seattle Bats. You try to play as little San Diego Bats as possible, maybe one offs at scarce positions, right? You play something like, uh, like maybe you play Machado or Cronenworth or, you know, Adam Frazier or something like that. The outfielders just play someone else. Like I said, what, what I'm talking about is low probability. You're playing DFS to win first place, not... You know, you don't make money off of the most probable. You make it off of the most profitable. This is why I don't I don't like going over slings. Because then we get people in the chat, in the YouTube chat, people that DM me. Oh, your call today on the whatever team. And I go, I didn't call anything. I said, but you said you were gonna play this team. I go, Yeah, because they have a 7% chance of winning, of being the top stack. And they're gonna be on to 3%, which means 93% of the time they're not gonna be the top stack, and I'm gonna lose money. But when they are the top stack, I'm gonna win first place or club close, be in position to. That fundamental misunderstanding of what we're what we're playing. I'm not predicting out is Darvish gonna have a good game or a bad game? I have no idea. what is his percentage chance of having a bad game? Having a good game. Is it going to be worth the ownership that he's going to have? He's going to be 70% owned. Is it worth it? To me, no. He's over-owned. Which also makes the Diamondbacks under-owned. I would say half the time he puts up a great game. And then another 30% of the time, he puts up an average game. And another 10% of the time he puts up a below average game. And then another 10% of the time he gets crushed. So if the diamondbacks are gonna be uh, if the diamondbacks are gonna be 5% owned on a three-game slate because Darvish is 70% owned, then those are those are good odds to take. But understand, it's like it's like betting on a 20-sided die. And I'm giving you. 300 to one odds I'm picking enough a 20-sided die. That's great odds. It's 20 to one for you to guess it right and you can get paid 15 times that. So it's like okay I'm, I' I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet six and it comes up eighteen then you go okay I'm gonna bet I'm gonna bet uh, 12 then it comes up two. All right you're gonna lose 95 percent of the time right it's one but one out of 20. When you win, you're going to get paid 15 times the amount that you should be getting paid. Similar mentality. I know I'm, there's probably plenty of people that are watching the stream, that watch the pregame show every day, listen on the podcast. They're like, yes, yes, we get it. These concepts are just, this is, this is what we already do. But I don't know. There are always new people. They want to talk about the slate. As if there's anything to talk, is there's much to talk about. We don't even have st- we don't have the lineups in even. This early slate. But the smaller the slate is, the more the more, the more inefficient the market actually is. People gravitate to, oh, I gotta play Darvish in the podcast. Okay, then don't play that. Larger slates, delay the late, uh, you know the main slate today. You don't automatically, you don't go, okay, well, everyone's going to play Garrett Cole. I'm going to play the Angels against him. It's like, oh, I mean, that is leverage. Yes, you're right. You could think in those terms, but there's also so many more options. On a three-game slate, there's barely any options. So it's like, well, if I don't play the Padres and I don't play Darvish, like, who, who can I play? There's only six teams on the slate. But on a slate where, Dar- where where there's only six teams to choose from and so many are choosing this team, Playing the leverage against them is more worth it, but, because there's if the Diamondbacks score five runs, maybe they're they're still the highest scoring team on the slate because the, all the other games don't don't do anything because there's only two other games. When there's ten games on the slate, eleven games on the slate, it's like, well, I, if I'm not going to play Chris Sale, I'm going to play the Rays against him. It's like, well, why can't you play? Why can't you play the Tigers? Why can't you play the Cubs? Why can't you play the Royals? We're facing much worse pitchers. Yeah, pitchers that aren't going to be owned. But there's just so many more options. So when you play, when you play a five-man stack on DraftKings for for a certain team, you're 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 basically saying this lineup does well when that team is the highest-scoring team on the slate. Can the Angels be the highest-scoring team on the slate? Sure. It's less likely against someone like Gerrit Cole. I mean, it could happen, but it's less likely against. A more of an ace pitcher, Cole could have a bad game, but not a bad game that allows the Angels to be the top stack. Cole could give up five runs and be dead, and be like, "You shouldn't have it. If you faded him. You're good." But it didn't mean that the Angels stack did any. You know, oh, well, they scored five runs, but then yeah, the 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 Giants scored thirteen runs, and they were just as. And the Giants may have been just as owned as as the Angels. Right, There's so many more teams to choose from. So if I do play the, the leverage game and stack against the higher-owned pitcher, it's likely not going to be ace pitchers on a slate of this size. Maybe you attack the, the cheap SP2 that people are gravitating to. Or you just don't worry about it at all. There's no need to. You go, well, I'm going to take, take the Pirates against Rodon. Well, if Rodon's only going to be 10% owned, how much leverage are you really getting with the Pirates? That you'd rather just not play the Royals against Logan Allen. They have a higher team total. It's a crappier pitcher to go up against. There's so many more teams. Blue Jays, Orioles. Play Orioles against Mats. Play the Yankees against Packy Naughton. I don't even know who that is. Packy Naughton. Sounds like a golfer from 1942. So that's the only reason why like on three game slates it's like you know, i go, go balls to the wall what's well, the easiest way for me to get first place you know, on a slate where there's aren't many options it's just it's only two three games well the easiest way is to just go well lose the highest on pitcher and stack against them and you're gonna fail 95 percent of the time but when you don't fail you get paid you get paid way more than you should but on larger slates like I don't have to go that direction. There are plenty of lower-owned teams that you could just play instead of the chalky stack. Same for pitchers, right? Oh, everyone's going to play Scherzer. Everyone's going to play Cole. But you still got Rodon. You still got Sale there. I mean, you would have had Nola if that game wasn't canceled. You got other good pitchers. So it's not like one of those slates where it's like, well, Scherzer's on the slate and then the next best pitcher is J.A. App. And that's it. And that's the drop-off. And it's like, okay, maybe... That there's, there's gonna be an opportunity cost into not playing the ace pitcher because all the other pitchers kind of suck on the slip. But we have other pitchers. So if you don't want to play Cole and Scherzer and you say, I'm gonna play Sal and Rodon, okay. You could do that. But don't, if there weren't, don't say, I'm not, I'm uh, I'm not say i am not i am i am not going to play Cole, I'm not gonna play Scherzer, I'm gonna play Logan Allen plus Matt Harvey. Like that, that's that's probably getting a little, a little too too out there. You're probably giving up way too much of a projection standpoint. There are other good pictures on the slate. You don't have to you don't have to go to the total bottom of the well oh, Let's see. Go to the YouTube chat Daniel Hutchins says playing a crappy team has higher EV and short slate in theory. Right, you're just repeating what I said because of limited choices and practice, because the field doesn't get contrary. Exactly. Right. Consider how much more likely a low scoring slate is with only three games. But right. that's the main reason that you that's the main reason why in smaller slates, stacking, you don't if you don't want to stack five players, that's fine. 13 games slate, there's 26 teams that could go off for who knows, 12 plus runs. One of them will. One of them is going to put up eight, nine, ten, something. Because there's 26 chances of it happening. There's 26 opportunities. 26 teams could do it. Three games late, there's only six teams. Chance could go two to one, three to nothing, and five to one. And there you go. The team that has the five runs is going to be the winning stack. And you probably don't even need five of them. You need three of them. Let's see. Eric Hill nine days out from NFL. Are prices, average fantasy point per game is likely to change closer to game one, week one? I don't even understand. The price is already out. They're not going to change. The price is already out for week one. The average fantasy point points per game is going to be nothing. There's nothing there. There's no stats. I don't even understand the question. The, the salaries that are, they're, they're already out. For the first slate for, for the Sunday slate, right? They're already out. I think the, the showdown, Thursday showdown is already out. Not, they don't change the sell. Once the sellers are out, they don't change that. They may add players. I mean, we see that in MMA, right? They add a fight to the, the card and they go, oh, okay, we're adding this guy in that guy. they have a, a cancellation, a replacement fighter, and they'll replace it, but they they don't they don't change the price. In order for them to change all the pricing, they would have to cancel the slate and then redo it again, which clears out all the contests. So they're, they ain't going to do that. Uh, Andrew Aldama, what's the best DFS premium tool to purchase? Well, I would say grinders, Combo Premium. Why not? What am I supposed to say? You're you're watching a RotoGrinders show. What am I, am I, uh, no, not Roto-Grider stuff. Some, 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 something from a competitor or something, which could be fine. Click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Joe Clary, for MLB Cash, what was your ROI break-even this year? And how did you split your overall money between head-to-head double-ups and 50-50s? Ah, these questions like you have $100 to use for cash tonight how do you spread it out did you post head to head or you join them all of your question does not matter the first the first thing that i'm going to ask is what is your what is your edge and where is it okay that's what matters everything in your question 99% of it doesn't matter 99% of it doesn't matter the the, the one that matters is what is your edge in the contest that you're playing and how could you allocate more money to the contests that you have a higher edge in? If you play head to heads against similar people and you beat them at at 70 plus percent rate, because they're horrible. Well, I put all of it in those and I put all of it in those contests, right? Someone wants to play me in a, in a, head to head. Oh my God. I only have a hundred dollars. Yeah. But if they're the worst player in the world and you're going to beat them 83% of the time, then that's where you should be putting your money towards. That's where your split should be going. Now, if you're playing head, if you're putting $50 of head to heads in the lobby, you're doing a lot of $1 head to heads, $2 head to heads. And you look and you're like, I've been playing for a while and just like breaking even losing money and head to heads. Well, obviously you'd you'd stop playing. I mean, then, and then you then you see in the double-ups in the if you bum hunt, bum hunt or contest select, bum hunt is the is the derogatory way of saying finding bad players. If you're only playing with $10 for cash tonight, if you're only playing with 100 dollars you should you should spend if you have pie. Here's your pie of 100 percent You should be spending less than 1% of your time on building your lineup. Less than 1%. Less, as little as possible. The actual lineup that you play, if you're only playing with $100, spend almost no time on the lineup. You should spend 99.9% of your time finding the worst people in the (laughs) lineup. that is the game you should spend all day check it every 20 minutes go to the three mans go to the head-to-heads click through every single double up like 11 man double ups 23 man double ups obviously you'll see people because you play every day you'll notice i know who this guy is that guy is this person is you'll know you'll know who the good players are you're trying to find a couple uh, are there i'm gonna open up a 23 man uh one dollar double up do I see like five or six names in here that I've never seen before? Never, I don't remember. Don't have a badge. Enter the contest. So finding the opponents, the weakest opponents, you, you have a limited amount of volume. So you're able to be that discernible. That's what you should be spending your time on. If you if you told me I'm playing $5,000 worth of, worth of cash games tonight, like you ain't going <laughs> to... Going and spending your time picking out the the one dollar, if you've even obviously if you're playing that low, but even the five dollar ones probably is not even worth your time. It's it's only represents so so much percentage of your of your volume of your play. That if you're probably if you're playing five thousand dollars a slate in, in cash games, you're probably one of the better players in, in the lobby anyway. So it's like you're posting and just like you're leaving. You know, you're not doing any of that type of contest selection. And especially at the lower level. But when you're only, if you're playing with a hundred bucks, get the biggest edge you can. So like the split, like when you ask, how did you split your overall, what what does it matter? Me. If you play, if you play, for instance, soccer, which I do play cash game, like I'm, I'm primarily a soccer DFS cash game player. I do play the small field GPPs. And you ask me like what my split is, like, well, I, Sometimes I'm playing sometimes I'm playing five hundred dollars head dance. Sometimes I'm playing two fifteen. sometimes I'm playing thousand dollars head dance. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm not playing the hundred dollars eleven man double up cause it's nine out of eleven, and it's all the sharp players in it. But I don't see I need to see at least one one person that I don't either don't think they're good or never seen before, then I don't play. It. Do I check the five dollars ones? No, I'm in all the five dollars. I don't even care about that point. I'm so playing enough volume. I'm not. I'm not going to just check every five dollar double. Probably not even going to check the twenty five dollar doubles. But the hundred, hundred and above, yes. The head to head lobby. Someone, someone posts a thousand dollar head to head there that I've never seen before. I, I scoop them. They post two. I'll take both of them. So I may be playing higher volume that 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 day. And maybe I don't play other contests, right? Maybe I go, okay, I took a $1,000 head dead. I was only planning on playing like two, two thousand twenty five hundred $2,500 worth of volume. So it's like, okay, well, now I'm not going to play the 555, the GPP. Maybe I'm not, not going to play all the, the maybe I'm going to take down my 215s unless someone, you know, weird takes them. But I'm not going to auto match myself against guys that are like, maybe I, I think I'm slightly better than, them but not like dramatically. So like, so asking like what, what your split is, it's like, well, it depends on where your edge is on the slate. Your skill relative to your opponents. And the, the less skillful you are, the more time you need to take to find worse flights. If you're the best player in the lobby, everyone's worse than you. You know, how much time do you have to take? You know, bum hunting. Not much, everyone's worse than you. So you just post, and you don't care. If you're in that middle range, you want to find you want to find the opponents that are worse than you. You'll actually make more money than the best players in the lobby because you're finding all of the worst players. And go, I'm going to play that, that $1 head-to-head there. I'm going to play that $3 head-to-head there. If you're even good enough, maybe you're one of the worst players. And there's no, there's, If you're not skillful enough, then there's no, there's no amount of split. There's no nothing that, that could save you nothing Andrew Aldana says i'm working my bed did not realize this was a roto grinder channel just popped on you'll try it out yes i mean it, all the roto grinders tools that they i use it's not like i'm telling you anything that's that i don't use i use tools that are outside of roto grinders also i i I'm a professional DFS player. I'm, I look to get as much of an edge as possible. I subscribe to other sites just to see what they're saying because other people look at it. I'm not saying that I agree with it or I use even even use it. But it's like, oh, well, this other site. Their projections for these are they're different than this. Oh, they're going to be higher on than I thought they were going to be. Like, like I'm. It's it's like like spying reconnaissance. Not because it's like, oh I, I'm gonna use their stuff and then no, I I use lineup HQ. I use I, I use everything that's on roto Griders. I eat my own dog food. But I'm not gonna put thousands upon thousands of dollars in play every every day without knowing, especially since my my style of play is exploitative. I don't base on what I think is gonna happen. I I everything that I do is based on what the field is gonna do. So I need to know what the field is doing. And while it would be great that everyone would subscribe to Roto grinders, not everyone does, right? They may subscribe to other places. So they're looking at stuff that's different possibly. So I need to know what they're looking at. Because I play by, what are you guys looking at? How do I exploit it? But that's that's the main reason. Joe Clary, thanks for explaining. Can we see your soccer cash game Roto Tracker? Like to see how the swings for cash are. Do, do, do. Let's see. Let's take a look. Roto Tracker. Let's take a look at this year. Do, do, do. So far, I'm not doing good this week. Uh, let's see. Where are we going? Graphs my overall let's go this year sport where's date date time period this year let's take a look this year the problem with roto the problem with tracker is that double ups and head-to-heads are split i wish they were like there was a cash game type of filter sport Soccer, ad. I mean, I could just pretty much show you this. So I play mostly, most, I mean, I, yes, I do have some GPP wins in here, but typically they're smaller field stuff. So soccer is going to be mostly, <coughs> mostly cash games. If it ever loads. Right. There you go. So this is this year. Go overall. So here, here's my cat. Here's my soccer graph. This is mo. This is mostly cash games, right? Yeah, I have uh, some small field, you know, wins in here. Little, little, little spikes, because there's no way to really win. You can't win hundred thousand dollars in soccer. Maybe once in a while, like World Cup or something. So this would be soccer. If we take a look at uh, Let's see, category, head to head, maybe. <coughs> yeah, something like this. Yeah, I mean, during this, this, during COVID, like this is what two thousand nine, just before COVID. Yeah, I, 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 I had a bad 2020. Yeah. I had a swing over there and then I got it right back up. But understand that the soccer cash lobby on DK is probably the hardest, the hardest on drafting. Maybe it's not in the one to three dollar range. I can't see those contests. But once you step up to five dollars in the DK Soccer Cash Lobby, you better be good. You, you you have better be good because it is it is it is sharp. Because you're gonna be play you're gonna be playing with the the best DFS soccer players in the entire lobby in every contest. It's gonna be me. It's gonna be Pew. It's gonna be Saramex. It's gonna be Redcoat. It's gonna be Moneyball, it's gonna be PSU, it's gonna be Fear My Turtle, it's gonna be <coughs> who else? The other guys in there? I don't know. I'm listing up players that have been playing DFS soccer since like I started playing, <laughs> right? <laughs> like they're still it's still the top players in the lobby. 2015, August, October 2015, lobby looked the same. People come and go. Very sharp lobby. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, let's see. Anthony Golding, starting off with a $200 bankroll and FanDuel for NFL. Hopefully can turn it into $2,000 real quick. Well, that's probably not a good attitude to have. Real quick. What are your version of real quick? You're most likely not. Turning $200 into $2,000 is probably harder than turning $2,000 into $20,000. It gets exponentially. It's just, like, it's just like compounding interest. It becomes easier. Stephen Smith, how much of the showdowns do you play for MLB? I rarely ever play MLB showdown. Maybe during, maybe during the playoffs of the World Series, maybe. But I regularly don't play MLB showdown. I mean, I could. When I say that I don't play something, it's not because like I can't beat it. It's because I'm only one person. And how how much time can I devote to eight million different things and still play well? I don't think I can. It was like, oh, am I playing PGA? Well, if I play PGA, that means I have to give up something else, right? If I play MLB like that, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm piring down my MLB action now is number one, NFL is back so we're gonna have mondays and thursday showdowns sunday is gonna be nfl day anyway so it doesn't even matter but then soccer soccer is primarily on saturday uh and but we are gonna get champions league soccer back which is tuesdays and wednesday afternoons so if i'm gonna be focusing on that on tuesday and wednesday afternoons how is that, how is my mlb play going to suffer later in the day i might as well just not play and then you have, okay, do you play the night slate for MLB? Oh, well, I could. Do I play the showdown? For like how, at some point, there's some diminishing return of like, I can't concentrate on things. I'm going to make mistakes. If you're able to do it, great. There are people that are able to do that and play on multiple sites. It's the same thing with multiple sites. Like, oh, you've been playing on DraftKings. How come that you don't play on FanDuel? Because I'm only one person. Not because I can't play well on FanDuel because I can't play well two sites at once playing 150 entries and also doing single entry lineups manually and also preparing for that night's showdowns. right? It's, it's the baseball slate on Thursday, but I'm also doing showdown. lineups. So it's like how, and then there's a night slate for MLB that comes out of show like what at some point I have to throw up my hands and go, sure. I could I, I can beat all these games. But I'm going to focus on the ones that I could be the best and concentrate on the most. People try to try to do too much. It's a very it's very rare to have someone that's that you're able to be do everything well. Even then, it's not even 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 the high stakes, high volume pros would even tell you that. I mean, take a look. I mean, on a regular basis, on a regular basis at least one of the high-volume players screws up their lineups every single night. Well, on FanDuel or DraftKings or SuperDraft or Yahoo. When Fantasy Draft was around, I used to play on Fantasy Draft and see, like, a sharp, sharp players have 150 dummy lines into, into the large field GPP. Just go, well, okay. You know, they played, it's like $20 entries. They have $3,000 worth of entries. And it's like, and it's, it's all the same line. It's like, what happened there? You know, you know what happened? It's the last site they would, they, they were working on everything else. And they, they lo- ran out of time or they forgot about it. there. Only one person. So sometimes you do see, sometimes you see, you see pros make mistakes, CSV, upload errors, projection errors. Right, you you try to com- you try to combine, you're aggregating something or whatever, and you end up misaligning a column. And next thing you know, you know, you, you have you have uh, you have Ernie Clement of the Indians projecting like for 16 points. And you're like, oh, he's getting, he's coming, and he ends up in 80% of your lineups, and you don't even realize. It. You go, why why is he in all my lineups? Why does he project? Oh, because uh, Excel error, right? Cut and paste problem, right? So it's a, a letter was off. A comma was a comma was missing, right? You see that? Uh, Dwayne Bones, how do you approach NFL Showdown? That's a little uh a little vague of a question. What I would suggest is you watch Roto Grinders content. We'll have we're going to have Showdown shows Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night with Showdown strategy. So you can get that here at Roto Grinders. So today we got the slow cast. cast is coming up. Maybe they'll talk about football. Uh, then we got uh, Grinders Live later today discussing the the, the the main MLB slate. Crunch time for premium members. So uh, go check that out. I'm always in the Roto-Grinders uh, premium Discord. So if you sign up for Roto-Grinders premium, single sport, combo premium, you could always tag me in there, ask me a question, whatever you want. So sign up. There's a link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. And then... A lot of the concepts that I talk about, most of them, all of them, are in are in my audio course. The theory of daily fantasy sports, 15 hours audio DFS master class. You could, I mean, it applies to any sport. So you could listen. Most people listen more than once. Kind of think like a professional DFS player. Game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploits, psychology. Just like I said in the very beginning with uh, the logic of sports betting, what Ed Miller is doing with the uh, with his book, 95% of people play DFS this way. The winning 5% of people play it a completely different way, right? They think that a lot of people think they're playing this game, but they're really playing this game. So knowing the game that you're playing, that's what that's what this is all about. So go to theoryofdfs.com, pick it up, hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door, smash those, thummy thumbs up, down, all around. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell. To know when we go live, there'll be plenty of content on this YouTube channel. So that notification bell should be going off all the time. And I will see you tomorrow, as, as, as I always do. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, for the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.